welcome everyone. Welcome to a late evening edition of the Daily Mind Podcast. Uh, how's everyone's uh, night going? How was everyone's day? Hopefully all is well as we start off this week. It's now Monday. Almost done with Monday. Um, normally I don't do a podcast this uh, late, but I, um, as soon as I got home, I went out with the missus for a bit, just got home. Uh, we thought our house was on fire or some shit because we turned on our block and there's a whole bunch of ambulance and people standing outside. Then we got a little scope of what's going on. It was actually something going on with one of our neighbors. I have no idea, but, you know, you get that feeling, you get that fright sometimes when you see, like, ambulance and fire trucks heading in the general direction of your house. And the only thing you could think of is that, you know, it's something going on. And um, <laughs> it's not always the case. I got lucky this time. I don't know what's going on. I think my wife is out there trying to get more information as to uh, what's happening with our neighbors. Because we generally live on a very quiet block. So it's very it's not very often we get episodes like this. Um, but other than that, the day went very well. And um, today's episode is going to be news out of a hat. Where I go and find some news articles around the country and around the world that I could sit there and go in on. Um, it's been a little minute since I've done news out of a hat, I'm sure. Because I think there was one Monday recently... Where I didn't do a podcast. So News Out of a Hat is a sub-segment. It's kind of like a filler episode um, every Monday, just like um, every Friday, where I go and do, is there such thing as a stupid question, which is one of my favorite segments of the show. All right, so without further ado, so I can go to bed, um, I'm going to get into the first article I found, I looked up. Now, I came across this. Um, I came across this. I, I, only, I thought it was a meme or some shit at first, but there's a McDonald's out there, believe it or not. That has a no-quitting policy. Yeah, a no-quitting policy, which means you can't quit that job un like under just any old circumstance. So I found the article in relation to this. This was published three days ago. Um, it's, it's, it's nuts. So it started off with a, a photo that went viral, and I thought it was bullshit, but it act it's actually a thing. This McDonald's is not allowing you to quit. So it says a photo has gone viral online showing how McDonald's is responding to extreme staff shortages. The image posted to Instagram on July 13th showed a sign inside a McDonald's restaurant describing a no-quit policy. The message has sparked a slew of pushback. The Instagram post shows a yellow sign tacked to the wall in an unidentified restaurant. The message written across the bottom of the sign allegedly explains the reason for the policy's implementation. It read, quote, because we feel that many situations can be resolved, it is the policy that an employee cannot quit until he or she talks to the restaurant manager or area supervisor, unquote. The sign also reads that, quote, we value you, your growth, and your contributions. This is a no-quit restaurant, unquote. Uh, the sign sparked, of course, backlash. At the restaurant that posted it, although it has been confirmed that the no-quit policy is an individual's restaurant implementation, the at-will employment law has been brought up surrounding the controversial policy. Uh, the at-will employment law stipulates that, quote, although management is able to fire an employee at will for any reason besides discrimination, an employer also places no requirements on whether an employee can quit at any moment or not, unquote. This means the no-quit McDonald's goes against all the employee's rights. Um, and if I'm looking at the sign, it doesn't identify the store manager or the location. But there's no shit, a, a yellow and black sign. It literally says that there's no, this is a no-quit restaurant because it says the same thing. Uh, we feel that many situations could be resolved. You know, that's not how this shit works, McDonald's. Now, most of these McDonald's restaurants are franchise-owned. You know, people invest in 
and open up a McDonald's. And, you know, sometimes they come up with their own little wacky things of doing things. But this is absolutely no way to do this. You, you, okay. You know why people quit these type of restaurants to have um, high turnover rates? Because they treat their employees like shit. They're not unionized. They treat their employees like however they want to be treated. And then they turn around and wonder why the hell nobody wants to work at these places. And, and you know, despite how much money you throw in, you know, oh, we're, we're hiring at starting 14 and $15. And then you wonder why no one wants to work these places. It is shit like this as the reason to why they don't want to work these type of places. Um, whoever owns this particular restaurant, Ow! you definitely deserve one of those. I mean, you honestly think that this shit is going to hold somebody from wanting to get up and quit today? Yeah, right. If somebody's going to quit, they're going to fucking quit. There is no, oh, man, I can't, you know. I, I They said I can't quit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. They're going to fucking quit, okay? Let's, let's, let's be real. Because that, that's not how that shit happens, okay? Um, anyway, let's see. I'm going to get into some more news. I was itching for that one because that one to me was just by far the most ridiculous um, the most ridiculous news I've heard thus far. Because if they honestly think that they're going to get away with doing that, absolutely not. Let's, let's be real. Uh, moving right along. Oh, here, here's some bad news. I guess you could call it bad news. Sofia Vergara and Joe... Mangianello announced divorce after seven years of marriage. Uh, it says here, this is um, coming out of Fox 5 in New York. It says, uh, quote, we have made the difficult decision to divorce, the couple said in a joint statement shared with page six. As two people that love and care for one another very much, we politely ask for respect of our privacy at this time as we navigate this new phase of our lives. Um, how can you ask for privacy when you're putting the shit out in the open that way, you want privacy? Stop announcing what you're going to do. And this just goes for some of us regular folk, too. Don't tell all of Facebook what you're doing. Don't tell them about your marital issues. Don't tell them about your financial issues. Nothing. Because there are vindictive people out there that will take what you put out there as, you know, you're trying to reach out for help and they'll use that shit against you. So you can't turn around and be like, hey, you know, we're going through a difficult time. Uh, we need our privacy. But you proceed to tell the world what the hell is going on with you. So, yeah, expect pretty much people just being in your business. I mean, what else do you expect? Anyway, well, it sucks. D divorce sucks. Okay, I've been through it before. It's not fun. It can be ugly sometimes um, and shit like that. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. Um, now this next story, I don't agree with at all coming out of New York again. I don't know what it is about this world of people just feeling fucking entitled and everything needs to be free. But here in New York, now it says the MTA announced five bus routes for a fair free pilot. So you mean to tell me that, okay, I'm, I'm going to get into this, uh, this article is coming out of AM New York. Okay, it says, um, once again, the MTA announced five bus routes for, for fare-free pilot. The MTA on Monday announced the five bus routes selected for its fare-free service pilot, which is set to launch in September. Fares will be waived on the BX-18 in the Bronx, the B-60 in Brooklyn, the M-116 in Manhattan, the Q-4 in Queens, and the S-46-96 bus routes in Staten Island starting on September 24th. The pilot will last anywhere from 6 to 12 months. Quote, 
The MTA is the lifeblood of New York City, and I'm proud of the tremendous progress we've made in returning ridership to pre-pandemic levels, Governor Kathy Halcho said in a statement. By establishing these fare-free bus pilot routes, we are expanding access to public transportation across the city and improving transit equity to better serve all New Yorkers. The BX-18 makes a loop through High Bridge on two slightly different variations, A and B. The B-60 travels between Canarsie and Williamsburg. The M-16 is between as a cross route between Harlem and the Q4 runs from Jamaica Center to Cambria Heights. If there's one thing I notice about this, this these routes go through some not very privileged neighborhoods. So I guess I I guess the idea is that to get the low income to ride buses for free. It says the pilot was authorized as part of this year's state budget agreement, which rescued the authority from imminent fiscal uh, calamity. State legislative leaders have proposed a two-year pilot with two lines per borough. But the proposal was reduced in final negotiations. Advocates and progressive elective officials have sought to make all buses free. How the fuck are you going to make all the buses free? Look, the MTA has always been crying about how broke they are. Okay, Now, the MTA, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, is primarily funded by the state, but also, you know, the, the, the fair, you know, the, the, the ridership, the riders pay into this but here's the thing nobody pays for subway fares everybody hops a turnstile or when it comes to the buses they sneak in the back of the bus and nobody pays for shit so where is this money coming from who is funding this idea of free buses can you imagine if the mta made all the buses free where are they getting the money for this this shit just doesn't free doesn't work that way somebody has to pay the drivers somebody has to pay for people to maintain the buses this stuff just don't happen for free. So where is this coming from? I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's absolutely terrible. Now, I get it. Everybody has a right to, to public transportation, but not free public transportation. No, I totally don't agree with that at all. And you know what? It's bogus. Now, I don't know what is, what's been going on with New York, but New York has been on some weird fucking... I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Now, I do remember during COVID... Transportation, public transportation in some places were free. That I can understand to a point. But you're telling me you want to make public transportation free 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and who the fuck is paying for all that? That's not how that works, New York. It's not how it works. Fix it. Fix it. There's got to be a better way. But that, to me, is definitely not the way. We've got to do better. <laughs> Nothing is free in this world. As much as we would like it to be, but it just doesn't work that way. Okay. All right. Moving right along. Because that, that story had me kind of heated. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I just don't. I don't agree with it. All right. So. Uh, ooh. This is not good. Um, this is coming out of Jalopnik. This is a, the automotive um, website. It says dealers now have nearly 2 million new cars sitting on their lots. Now I wonder why. Let's read. I'm going to read into that. And see Why? This is the case. Why do we have so many cars just randomly sitting on a lot? Uh, this was just published 11 hours ago. And, I, and you know what? Just rock it. Let's just rock. I'm going to just rock that. I'm tired of turning that down. I forget. A uh, new vehicle inventory at dealers in the U.S. is continuing its slow and steady climb upward as production around the road uh, around the world, excuse me, recovers following the brunt of the pandemic. According to Automotive News, that trend was no different in June and unsold electric vehicles are the big reason why. Uh, data from Cox Automotive reported by Auto News say that there are an estimated over 1.9 million vehicles sitting unsold on dealers' lots right now. 
That works out to a 53-day supply, which is up 75% from the same time just one year ago. It's also up very slightly from a month earlier when supplies stood at 1.9 million vehicles. Cox reportedly uh, generates this data by looking at the sales rates from the previous 30-day period. Uh, the big reason for this 53-day average supply comes down to one thing, EVs. According to the outlet, those vehicles have a 103-day supply of cars. And it also says uh, that makes uh, the makes it the only segment other than ultra luxury and high end luxury to have supplies on the other side of 100 days. However, Cox does point out that the full size cars were close at 99 days. But that's not really that surprising because a lot of people drive crossovers. On the flip side of the coin are compact and midsize cars and crossovers. They reportedly had the tightest inventories. Um, so, I mean, what, what would be the reason? Now, remember, we went through the pandemic. And we had a lot of supply issues. Now everything's back. So all that backlog of cars and stuff that's been sitting and unsold now can't be sold. But that could potentially be good news for consumers simply because when you're overstocked with something and you got to get rid of it, what happens? <whistles> the prices drop. So perhaps maybe we might get some incentives and in some new cars. But also you got to take into account we are in the worst inflation ever. People are scrambling just to buy eggs. So you can't expect people to go and buy cars, not to mention the dealership markup where some models are up, marked up $10,000. You can't expect somebody to buy a car with a markup like that. And then electric cars. Okay, electric cars is gaining some ground, but you got to understand, here in America, we love to drive. Me personally, okay, I love driving long-distance trips, me and my wife both. One thing that stops me from getting an EV is very simple. Can it, can it meet my needs for long-distance driving? Am I going to be able to go to a charging station and be able to charge a car in 10 minutes or less? D do we have that yet? Are we there? No, we're not there. We're going to get there someday, but just not now. And I don't have that type of confidence in driving an EV. So, yeah, that's an absolute no for me whatsoever. But... Eventually, this will change. Maybe they might lower the prices on some of these things to get rid of these cars. Um, and again, like these these auto manufacturers are charging way more money than ever before. And the dealerships aren't helping much either with the fucking dealership markups. That shit needs to stop, too. That's got to be like super illegal. But, you know, again, you know, who's who's who, uh, you know, who's saying like who's going to stop this? Are we making enough noise here? Probably not. This is why they keep getting away with it. All right, so uh, let's see. What else news stories we got here? Uh, ooh, excuse me. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to find something new here. Just give me a second, folks. Find some new articles. Mm, let's see here. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Uh, let's see. That can't be. All right, let's see. I'm still looking for some stuff. Uh, some interesting articles. Just bear with me. I got I got some time. I got like 15 minutes or so. so. No real rush. I'm working on it. Uh, let's see here. There was an article I saw. Um, damn it. I forgot where it was. But damn, it was a article about this uh, radio talk show host that went and called. Uh, made a very derogatory... T um, Actually, let me look that up real quick. Uh, let me see. Tennessee radio host. 
Let's see. There was an interesting article. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. This is according to Black Enterprise. Uh, we had a uh, the the secretary of uh, White House press secretary. So some Tennessee news, uh, some Tennessee radio host made a very derogatory term calling her, uh, comparing her or calling her buckwheat or some shit like that. Uh, this is quoting the blackenterprise.com. It says the disrespect Tennessee radio host refers to press secretary Karen Jean-Pierre as buckwheat. Now I'm looking at how she looks nothing like buckwheat, but here we go. Now it says white house press secretary Karen Jean-Pierre was the victim of racist remarks from a Tennessee right wing radio host during an episode of the WKOM 101.7 FM radio show. Three dudes with a view host and station owner Delk Kennedy referred to Jean-Pierre as buckwheat. Uh, Kennedy and his co-host Jim York and Clayton Harris we're discussing Tennessee's gender-affirming care ban and spouting falsehoods about the health care for trans youth when Kennedy suddenly brought Jean-Pierre and President Biden into the discussion. Quote, President Biden has come both. He and Buckwheat Jean-Pierre <laughs> have come out and in favor of a national law allowing minors without, con without the consent of their parents to have gender-changing procedures, unquote, Kennedy said. And quote, and in some cases, states have enacted laws California, places like that, where if a child wants gender-changing surgery and the parents won't consent, the child can be removed from the home as abused and neglected, placed in foster care, and been given a gender-changing procedures, unquote. Buckwheat was a black child character in the Little Rascals or Our Gang series, which was popular in the 1930s and widely used as a racial stereotype. So if you've ever seen the original Buckwheat, I'm not talking about the 1990s Little Rascals, I'm talking about the old school Buckwheat. He was literally a walking caricature of straight stereotype. I mean, like, you remember those, um, the, you know, those, uh, what do you call those, minstrel shows or something like that, where they paint up, you know, they're in blackface, over-exaggerated looks and shit like that, paint themselves blackface with big pink lips. Yeah, they, Buckwheat was kind of like that. So, like, in, in overall, over the years, Buckwheat is not looked at as an endearing term, you want to call uh, African-American people at all. You call somebody buckwheat, you're probably going to get one of those. Ow! And it may be a few of these. So you don't want to call somebody buckwheat. And it's just crazy because she doesn't look like buckwheat, okay? That's just straight on just saying because she's black that she's automatically buckwheat. So, I mean, it's that's pretty bad. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to this radio show host um, in this case because, you know, again... It's a his his audience got to be straight conservative right wing. So I mean, there's not going to be very much to be done or said to him. I don't know if the FCC is going to find him or anything of that nature. But um, I will say though, that's that's very daring to to kind of say over the net like that. Um, I mean, I, again, I don't know. So we'll see what we'll see what we'll see what happens with that. Okay. All right, our guys at Bud Light, oh, these guys can never catch a break, man. Like, they're just losing money left and right, but somebody's keeping them in business, though. Somebody's keeping Bud Light in business. Uh, this is according to Newsweek. It was published today. Uh, Bud Light suffers another loss as 4th of July sales drop. Now, for any beer company, the 4th of July is very fucking important. I think there's two points in, um, in the year, I think, that is personally... Um, something that I think the, the beer companies rely on the most. Fourth of July and the Super Bowl. Okay, so here it says, 
As the boycott against Bud Light continues, new data shows the beer brand suffering yet another L with a decline in sales over the 4th of July holiday weekend. On Monday, the Daily Caller obtained new Nielsen IQ sales data from Bump Williams Consulting, which shows Bud Light sales declining by 23.6% for the week ending on July 8th when compared to the same period over a year earlier. Over a four-week period ending on July 8th, the data shows a decline in Bud Light sales by 27% compared to the same period in 2022. Um, so this is just simply fallout. I'm not going to read the whole article. We already know. But it's still they're still reeling from the fallout of Dylan Mulvaney. Okay? And Bud Light, I think they they had the right idea, but they totally ignored their fan base. They They... they, they totally just fucked over their customer base um of the type of people but the 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 president that runs bud light or anheuser she said that she wanted to change the fratty culture and stuff and you know bud light but these are some diehard fucking fans here i think that's kind of hard to do so when dylan mulvaney came about it just oh damn they destroyed the brand i don't think bud light's going anywhere for a while i think they are here to stay but they're going to have a lot. It's a PR hell for them. And if I'm not mistaken, Dylan Mulvaney, there's rumors or speculation that she moved to South America because apparently she didn't feel like she was safe. You know, so, I mean, that's crazy. You know, you, you thought you were doing something good and then it turned out to be shitty. And then, you know, you got to think of what is going through her mind. It's simple fact that uh, she damn near destroyed uh, a beer brand. Even though that wasn't the intent, but the fact that uh, that that's happening. So I mean, fuck, it's 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 fucking. I don't know what to do, man. I don't know if you could feel bad or not. It's just, you know, it's just unfortunate. But you know, this is a lesson for these companies to really think about. Because I get it, we're all about progression, progressive, um, like progressive issues. But, you know, here we go. You know, you got to really think about your, your, um, you got to really think about your customers, your, your, your customer base. You know, why are you trying to change something if it ain't broken? So now I guess like, um, they're going to have some things to clean up. So we'll see. All right. So some automotive news again, um, looks like Ford is slashing prices on the F-150 Lightning trucks base variant to cost 17% less okay so instead of like i guess what it is is that they're not selling enough lightnings now that other article i read is going to probably be the same thing where they're going to be slashing prices on a lot of these vehicles because they're not moving so the f-150 lightning is the all-electric ford uh it says here um ford deepened the price war in the electric vehicle industry on monday by slashing the prices of its f-150 lightning trucks including a 17% cut from the base model as it aims to boost its share of an EV market dominated by Tesla. Uh, the Detroit-based automaker, which had has raised lightning prices earlier this year, said it was able to cut prices following improvements in scale and battery raw material costs in the quarter uh, through June. It says the move comes amid a price war started by Tesla a few months ago, which has seen EVs of legacy automakers piling up at dealers as sales slow. Quote, the Ford Lightning is a good vehicle, just somewhat expensive, especially given the high interest rates these days for any kind of loan, uh, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said on Monday. See, the problem is it's not that um, what they said. OK, so what they said here is um, 
that they um, cut the prices following improvements in scale and battery raw material costs. No, that's bullshit. They cut the prices because nobody's fucking buying them. So I think what it is is like, okay, they probably, okay, I get it. It's a new technology of sorts, and it's kind of hard to come by as far as raw material. It's going to be expensive at first. But now they're just like, well, nobody's buying it. We got to compete. But we're losing the Tesla. We got to compete. We got to cut the price. Well, then cut the fucking price. You know, I, I, I say automakers, <coughs> what they're doing, they're, 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 they're forward thinking, but they're ass backwards planning. If you want to get people into EVs cheaply, okay, cheaply. Now, I get it. Nobody's really driving sedans as much. and Everybody wants a pickup truck. Everybody wants a crossover. Well, how about producing more sedan and compact-based EVs? You're trying to get the general masses into these type of vehicles, but sticking EV batteries in expensive-ass crossovers and pickup trucks where the starting price is seventy to eighty thousand dollars is out of a lot, is, is is way out of reach for the middle class. So if you want to get people in the EVs, start thinking small, and start making smaller cars, and stop putting these batteries in fucking like Hummers and shit like that. At least Tesla got it right. Tesla got it right. Yes, they don't have a fucking pickup truck because they know that in order to get people into electric cars sedans very small crossovers and sedans and it's working the rest of the rest of these auto manufacturers need to wake the fuck up and realize hey perhaps we need to start thinking small and i know no automakers listening to this show but if you are maybe you might want to think about that tesla is doing it right most tesla drivers they drive in sedans and the model i think it's the model three model s model like the uh, model s yeah they get it right and, it, and it's working because I see Tesla's more than ever. And you know what? It's going to be a lot more of those before there's a lot more of Ford F-150 Lightnings. So, I mean, yeah. Come on, man. Get it together, man. Get it together. All right. So, let's see here. i find some more news. I got about uh, four more minutes and I'm going to wrap it up. Let's see. Uh, just bear with me, people. I'm just trying to find... Uh, let's see. Mm, yeah, that's kind of sad news. I'm trying to find something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, Ooh, okay. This is a typical article and this has happened more than once. Um, Austin ISD teacher fired over viral TikTok video. Um, let's see here. Now I told you guys, TikTok, if you're in a particular profession, stop fucking doing TikTok videos. I get it. It's a way to reach the masses. And all this other stuff. But I'm telling you, TikTok is ruining people's careers. Um, I don't even know if I could blame TikTok. I think it's just people just not really thinking about what they're doing. Everybody wants to be internet famous. Um, it says, this is coming out of Austin, Texas, okay? Um, it says, this past school year, Sophia DeLoretto, Chudy's first year teaching third grade at Austin Becker's Elementary School. Being a first year teacher, she faced many challenges. So when the principal called her in for a meeting this March, she thought she, they were going to discuss ways they can help her in the classroom. Nobody, no, no, no. <coughs> uh, she quoted on saying, they bought me a list of concerns. I was a little taken aback, uh, she said. It caused me to have quite a bit of anxiety. Of course, yeah, right. Uh, let's see here. Some of the concerns on the list that was mentioned. Doing a book study on Harry Potter, not responding to emails in a timely manner, a student's choosing to sit for the Pledge of Allegiance. She quote on saying, it just felt like a very demoralizing meeting. I think that's really the word for it. Where I didn't feel supported, I felt disrespected. 
Uh, she says the meeting left her in disbelief. That's when she went on TikTok to vent on how her meeting went. <sighs> now, she said, I fell asleep and woke up the next morning and it had 1.5 million views. The next day, Human Resources called her into the district's office and put her on administrative leave. Quote, I had my badge taken away. Uh, she said that I was locked out of all the apps. I was not allowed to communicate with anybody. According to the district, she violated the, AS, the AISD social media policy by posting her TikTok. In the employee handbook, it states if an employee uses of electronic communication, interferes with the employee's ability to perform his or her duties, it can lead to termination. Quote, they made it clear that it wasn't. It didn't have anything to do with my instructional practices or what I was teaching or how I was teaching. And it had everything to do with the fact that I had embarrassed one of my administrators on TikTok. So what's next for the educator? She says, I've been coming to the Capitol and advocating for teachers. And so often I was the only teacher in the room giving testimonies on policies that would affect teachers directly in the classroom. <coughs> you need guys, people, people need to start reading shit. You just, you just can't get a job and just do some shit like that. Now, uh, before you think I'm going to take it one side, I'm going to split it. Okay, now she probably had her concerns and wasn't heard. So she had to get everybody's attention in on this. And she did. The other side of it is that the school district and the school itself were embarrassed. They were embarrassed by the fact that, you know, it put them in a the spotlight. It put them on blast. She basically put them on blast on what the fuck they weren't doing right or whatever the case is. But who's in the right and who's in the wrong here? Okay, I'm not a fan of TikTok whatsoever. And TikTok, some people have used it for the better, for, for the greater good in, in some cases, okay? But a lot of people use TikTok for some really stupid shit. So in this case, should you feel sorry for this woman for speaking out? I think what she should have done, she could have did it. She could have went about it differently. Okay, yeah, maybe there were some teachers that voiced themselves out on TikTok. But you got to understand, they probably probably had different policies. And you got to understand, too, there are better ways to handle a situation than to go completely viral and just, I mean, no, I, I, I kind of feel bad for her. But you got to take it to account. Read the policies. There's a lot of reason why um, businesses and, and, and whatever don't allow this. They don't want to be put on blast, of course. But, you know, again, you're kind of setting yourself up and... Who knows what's going to happen with her next. Now, she might get another job. I think with that many views, I think somebody would be willing to hire her. But I I, I tell you what, though. Um, yeah, TikTok is, is, is hit or miss. Okay, you have to be very careful what you post and say. And it shouldn't be that way. But at the same time, you know, hey, policies is policies. Okay, you just got to be mindful where you work at. And what you say and do can have serious repercussions. Okay, um, this last article, I'm just going to read this. Um, Dolly Parton has no retirement plans. She wants to drop dead in the middle of a song on stage. <laughs> Dolly Parton, I swear. Um, it says Dolly Parton has no plans to stop working, apparently ever. In an interview with the Greatest Hits radio show, she explained that she feels a responsibility to continue her career. Quote, I always believe that if you wanted your dreams to come true and you are lucky enough to have that happen, then you've got to be responsible because you got to keep the dream alive. And every dream kind of spawns another dream. You can branch off almost anything that happens and make a business of that as well. So it's kind of like a tree with good roots. It's got a lot of limbs and it also got a lot of leaves. 
So why not make the most of it? And I'm not one to sit around and do nothing. I give it to that woman. Dolly Parton, shit, you're going to work to your last dying breath. My wife is a big Dolly Parton fan, and we live not too far from uh, Dollywood. Yes, she has a whole area, amusement area, entertainment place here in Tennessee called Dollywood. I give it up to that woman. Yay. Listen, that woman is passionate about what she do. You can't knock that. When you're doing something you love so much, you'll do it to your very last breath. Okay, so hey, more power to Dolly Parton. And of course, that we're going to end the show. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. I know it's a little bit late. I'm about to take my ass to bed. I wasn't even going to do it, but I already had it scheduled for today. So, you know, I just had to, you know, make a little time for my wife. And now I'm about to go to bed. Um, stay tuned for the next episode, whenever that may be. And one of these episodes I'm going to do before the end of season 10, I mean, season nine. I'm going to do an episode on my top 10 episodes. Thanks to you guys, the listeners. Um, and I will be going down the list of the top 10 episodes based on um, based on analytics. My mo- Basically, they're my most listened to episodes. I'm going to go down the list, tell you when they publish, and give you the idea of, of these episodes and probably why they're just so damn popular. Um, because I sit here and I look at the analytics every day and I just I'm just amazed like, I did the episodes I would not expect to be popular are pretty popular. So, you know, and again, I can't thank you guys enough. If This wouldn't be possible um, without you guys. So that's for you. A round of applause for yourself. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. Once again, <clears throat> I'm Austin signing off for the night. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode and make sure you get some sleep and I will do it again next time. Have a great night. Ciao. Thank you.